This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Welcome back to Kelly and Ramia. Right now, I am trying to fill the shoes of Kelly, and they are big shoes to fill. <laughs> so I'm trying to do my best. Uh, as always, though, we are live from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, and we are also available on the podcast if you happen to miss the show. I've got Ramia with me right now. And uh, Ramia, how's it going? Hey, well, it's going decently for me. Probably not as you well know- for you, but you're doing well. <laughs> You know, I find it so interesting how the the concept of just health, what, what we were talking about uh, before the break, is uh, so socially constructed, you know, and there are all these implications of different things that you want to do with your body, that you want to do with your health, that we view sometimes very negatively. Uh, so sometimes just knowing that some of those things can be beneficial in other facets of life, maybe a drug that you're taking helps with your cardiovascular health, uh, maybe can shift some of our socially constructed perspectives of health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, Grant. I, I think that mm-hmm. more of the discussions that we're having are feeling nuanced or, you know, there, there's a lot more gray area. Like even when you just think about the words, the language that we use, the portrayal of different health conditions or um, uh, shapes and body shapes and like just, you know, human experience. We've talked about a lot of these things being just having to change, us having to shift our um, perceptions or the way that we speak with each other socially about health Mm. because a lot of this stuff, and it'll come up again later in the show when we talk to Registered nurse Leslie Depot as well around men's health. Absolutely. It's going to be good. Uh, continuing to shake things up a little bit, we've got our headline segment right now. And joining us today is reporter, producer, Beth Deer. Hey, Beth. I can't hear Beth. Don't know if we've got Um, I can hear you guys. Oh, there, there we go. go. Can hear you loud and clear. How's your day going? Might be having Beth. some inconsistencies with Beth. Um, okay. But in the meantime, Grant, mm-hmm. we do, well, I have one of the things that Beth wanted to talk about. The first item on her list was mm-hmm. um, about a mom who, from Fort Saskatchewan, or not just mom, but as a, a couple that was celebrating a deadly, unique birth of their daughter, which is kind of... Um, a, a scary way to describe this whole thing in my opinion <laughs> hey you guys so i am back oh. i can take over the go. topic if that's okay good tell us tell awesome. us what went on with this so, birth yeah like why i thought this was a really great headline for me to bring to you guys was because this is actually something that happened literally like five blocks from my house last week oh my and gosh. Had no idea about it until I <laughs> went and was looking for headlines to share with everyone. So this wife goes into labor at like 4 a.m. They live in Fort Saskatchewan, which is about half an hour outside of Edmonton. And they were planning on delivering their baby at the Royal Alex, which is literally four minutes from my house. That's where I gave birth to my daughter. And um, 
it was the craziest thing. Her parents came to look after the kid that they already had at home. They were rushing to the hospital. She was in so much pain. Her husband even said in the article, like he wasn't really taking her too seriously. Like he thought that she was going to be okay and was just overreacting, which, ugh, typical man. (laughs) (laughs) But what ended up happening was she was like, you need to pull over right now and you need to call 911. So he did. They called 911 and literally like seconds later, their baby was born um, in the car on the side of the road in not the greatest uh, neighborhood in Edmonton. Um, She said something like it wasn't the most gorgeous area, a gorgeous area or something (laughs) like that in the article, which I thought was so funny because it really isn't. But finally, like, um, like the first responders came to help and there was like a dozen of them and the baby was absolutely fine. But what also made it really unique was the fact that uh, the baby was born in what's called an orb, which is where they're born, like in their amniotic fluid or their amniotic sac. So the husband, without any first responders there, had to break the baby out of the amniotic sac um, before obviously they could hear it cry and do all the things it's meant to do. But oh my goodness, so terrifying. Wow. I, that, that husband, I feel like can never say again, oh, this isn't a big deal. Just don't worry about it. I I feel like, I feel like he's permanently lost that ability to, to use that line. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I I would think so. Wow, what a what a dramatic story. But so it sounds like everything ended well then dramatically, but they're they're yeah. one happy family now. Yeah, and they even it says in the article they even stopped at the place the baby was born on the way home so that they could take a picture, which I thought was Aww. really really funny. <laughs> it's wild Absolutely. because you hear a lot of stories or not a lot, but you hear stories like this just unique birds people on uh, airplanes and just mid mm-hmm. anything um and the the shocking part is just knowing how I, but I guess it's it it's real, right? Like this is real life where you don't actually realize what it's going to feel like, Beth. Like the actual moment that your water breaks, or yeah, um, when you feel that the contractions mean that the baby's actually coming, or uh, you know, if especially if it's your first birth. But I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be. You don't know what the sensations actually mean. 100% and it's like it's such a crazy experience sorry to get like too TMI with you guys but I am like a typical oversharer when my wars <laughs> broke with Henley I remember Cody kind of doing the same thing because I'd been told like it's nothing like the movies like it doesn't come like gushing out it's just a drip and like some women think that they peed themselves yeah <laughs> but mine yeah, yeah. Really was like it was something out of the movies like I like screamed at Patronus because he was laying next to the bed and I was like, Patronus move. And I like stood up and literally like, it was like a waterfall. Like I flooded our bedroom. It was insane. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and this with this poor lady, amazing. Yeah. And the thing with this one too, is uh, that detail that they don't know exact time of birth because it was somewhere between 5.30 and 5.40 mm-hmm. in the morning, or if that's what I read correctly, because it was just so chaotic <laughs> dashboard drama that they couldn't, like, nobody could check time, right? It really wasn't the yeah. idea. Yeah. 
for so many I also thought it was really cool too like they um so like obviously they still had to cut the umbilical cord and they I'm assuming that the first responders had like sterile scissors or whatever but they obviously need to clamp it and they used a twist tie to clamp it and then they gifted um the baby like a this twist tie that said baby's first twist tie in a bottle which I thought was really sweet (laughs) kind of sweet I don't know yeah It's, it's so crazy how that process that is like universally shared by by women mothers and babies is so incredibly delicate and fragile we kind of just take it for granted but Mm. like I imagine everybody your heart your your soul is probably just like panicking thinking I honestly even imagine I remember when I was in labor with Henley I uh I got really lucky I you know, I got everything I wanted for my birth, which all I wanted was an epidural. I just didn't want to feel the pain. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah. I was just like laying in bed, chilling, <laughs> um, drinking my apple juice and like sirens went off in the labor ward and the nurse was like, I'll be back in one second. And I could hear her like the second she like went out the door, she like sprinted. And I guess some lady like walked in and just like her baby like fell out of her oh. like, onto the floor. Oh, my God in like the room but at least she made it to the assessment room unlike this poor lady i also laugh at the fact that in the article she's like and it was a new car (laughs) 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 is that right (laughs) let's let's be honest sorry Sorry, go ahead uh let's be honest that was probably the husband he's like oh this is my new car this is my what what is happening to this car yeah, you gotta verify where that quote was actually wrong. Um, <laughs> exactly. They did also put in the article, which I thought was kind of nice. They put like a few things to do if you find yourself in this situation. So they say stop in a safe place, call nine one one, nine one one, and your midwife if you have one. Stay calm, um, catch the baby, don't pull them out, um, mm. and keep the baby's cord intact rather than cutting it with something that isn't sterilized and follow instructions from whoever you have on the phone which I kind of just wanted to share that because I thought like I would have yeah. zero clue what to do if I was in oh, that god position. yeah I mean everybody packs like most people will pack a bag right like they, they I don't know what you mm-hmm. call it um but you know the the bag that you take with you the hospital bag the overnight bag the, yeah. the stuff that you know when you're uh, this time frame of delivery means I got to be prepared in these ways. But actually, not everybody talks about the situations where if you didn't make it to the hospital, what would you do? Or if you didn't make it to the birthing center? Um, and yeah. you know, do you have the knowledge of what to do if you absolutely had no intervention of medical or professional help to deliver, to handle? Uh, in this case, thank goodness, the the mm-hmm. results were mostly slash all positive, even with the quirky, you know, way that they had to cut the umbilical cord and the baby coming out with the sack. But God forbid, if you were in a situation where it wasn't looking good, um, then, you know, this would be horrifying. Yeah, no kidding. Like, oh my goodness. Anyway, that is like an absolute horror story. Obviously it turned out fantastic. Um Sorry. But God, I just can't even imagine. Uh, let's move on to the next topic. Um, Real quick. One in 10 uh, Torontonians now using food banks um, because of 
the world and inflation. Um, an annual report that was published Tuesday by two food bank charities um, say that the number of people relying on food banks in Toronto has doubled this year, which is just absolutely insane and wow. so sad. Um, annual, another annual report published... Um, Actually, sorry, it was the same report that was published saying that majority of the people who are now using the food bank are actually employed and are spending 100% of their income on housing, which is ridiculous. Um, another kind of thing I'd like, or a little quote I took from the article um, was that we are adding 12,000 Torontonians to the registry of the food bank every single month and the majority of those uh yeah people who are employed which is just so crazy um do you guys have any thoughts on that i mean it's crazy it's heart-wrenching and rummy and i were talking a little bit about cost of living uh yesterday i know of someone in my neighborhood and she's been very public about her story where she could mm -hmm. actually afford i think about eleven hundred dollars a month for rent and there's nothing she can rent there she's homeless and it's heart-wrenching like it's it's gut-wrenching to think that we're in 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 this kind of a world uh Ramya where you you just it's that rat race and you can't get out unless you're you're so wealthy mm -hmm. yeah Ramya, any exactly quick thoughts? um just no just sorry I said like it's just a hamster wheel like it's just a vicious circle exactly no, exactly is. Any any th uh, thoughts, Ramya, really quick? Uh, no, just the, the same thing that I was going to say. It was very, uh, it's very um, prevalent that, you know, there's got to be some changes or at least a lot of changes. But, you know, you can take it back further and further. Like we have discussions about one topic or another, but you can take it back further to understand that these are, uh, they, they run deep, right? Like the, the actual causes or factors around the challenges. It's it, absolutely deep. It's deep. It's systematic. It's mm. it feels hopeless. But I hope somewhere behind the scenes, someone is working on whatever they're working on, bringing down the price of groceries, constructing yeah. new housing, uh, doing enhancing the infrastructure outside of the cities, doing whatever they need to do to resolve this situation. Beth, uh, really appreciate you coming on today. Super interesting topics. Thanks for letting me step in for you, Grant. It was a fantastic to be here. Fantastic. Coming up next, what was the first sitcom on television? Greg David answers this question as we dive into a brief history lesson on the birth of the television sitcom. Join us after the break. Stick around and learn something new. Kelly and Ramya return with more in a moment. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.